Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What's up, dum-dums? It's your good friend Colin here. Today's show is brought to you by Amazon.com. And why is it brought to you by Amazon.com? Because if you go to the Mazodcast website and click on the Amazon banner, we get a sweet, wet taste of them dollar bills. So if you're purchasing drugs or prostitutes or, well, anything else you can get on Amazon, I assume all those things are available, do it through the Mazodcast Amazon banner and let us wet our beak. M-I-Z. That's right. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Johnson. And he's gone. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazodcast. It is SEC Media Days, and we're coming to you live from Hoover, Alabama. Joining me, as always, is Jim McElwain's wildlife photographer, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And not able to make the trip is Brian Goers, who is stuck in Missouri. His ankle bracelet goes off if he leaves the state, Colin. Well... It's well earned. Yeah, let's put it that way. Yeah, the the list of crimes is long, and it's uh, none of the other <laughs> states want anything to do with Brian Goers. Yeah, tell me, Colin, uh, what are your thoughts on Hoover this year? What do you What do you think? Majestic Hoover. I've been to a lot of huddle houses in my day, Brennan. Yeah, but Hoover's maybe the nicest. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a very nice huddle house. They've got they've got everything. They've got waffle houses. They've got IHOPs. They've got Cracker Barrels, and of course, they have a uh, huddle house. I would just like to uh, point out to the SEC uh, that. One of our teams resides in Nashville. Just going to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just going to mention it. Fun town. Not, country not, music. Yeah. Lots of things going Maybe on. Maybe the whole point is, is like, let's do the media days in Hoover, and then nobody will have anything else to do mm-hmm. but talk about SEC football. But we made the trip. Yeah. I've got my 19-year-old Swedish impair taking care of my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so that works. That's, 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 that's nice. Yeah. Nice that my wife let me hire her. I like that we have to come in on Cessnas because the uh, airport uh, runway is about 30 feet long, mm-hmm. uh, just outside of Birmingham, Alabama here. Yeah, it's a, it's a dump of a town. Um, I'm not sure why they bring the best and brightest of college football to this little shitberg in the middle of fucking nowhere, Alabama, but yet here we are. Hey, can we talk more about my Swedish au pair? <laughs> yeah, tell us about your au pair, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Tiger Woods thinks it's a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, You know what, Brennan? Wait. Okay. I know it's early in the show to digress. Yes. But sir. can I just say this about Tiger Woods? <laughs> okay. Let's talk about Tiger Woods while we're here now. <laughs> Hoover, Alabama to talk about This is how football. you start an SEC football podcast, Brennan. Uh, Tiger Woods. Yes. You know what I liked about Tiger Woods and, this, and, and banging the, uh, the umpire and, and all that? It, like, no, I do not know. <laughs> well, Please. Part of what made me feel like I related to Tiger Woods was that unlike... You know, he wasn't banging like supermodels and sh- like they made him out to be a sex addict. Yeah. Like the whole, they like, I felt more connected to him. Like he's more down to earth because he would bang a Denny's hostess. Like, yeah. oh, this guy will fuck anybody. <laughs> this guy will fuck anybody. You know what? You may be a bartender at Applebee's, but that doesn't mean you're out of the running for the Tiger Woods jizzed on my tits sweepstakes. You know what I mean? And that's, <laughs> he's and that's no good. Derek G. That's <laughs> no, sure. no, he's not. Anyway, sorry. Sorry, fans, for that uh, early digression. But uh, yeah, speaking of, you know, in Hoover, I see a lot of Tiger Woods candidates for that, <laughs> yeah. for that sweepstakes. Yep. Yeah, so we're down here. It is Wednesday night. We've attended a lot of uh, press conferences. We've seen a lot of pasty media types. Oh, yeah. A lot of receding hairlines, a lot of um, bulging guts, a lot of uh, really bad beards. Mm-hmm, yeah. Just like trying, but just not getting the job done. Yeah, a lot of people. They have a lot of hair on their backs, a lot of hair on their chest, a lot of hair on their arms, but. Boy, it just doesn't come in full on the face or on the top of their head, for that matter. Yeah, and a lot of people who talk a lot about football but have clearly never played a down. 
<laughs> we could both be included in that. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like I could go in the pasty category, too. Yeah. Yeah, so... I've got uh, too much hair for the other. Yeah, I mean, I really don't even know where to begin. We're going to have uh, we're gonna have at least one guest today uh, on the show, uh, depending on who we can get to uh, wrangle down here in the hotel lobby. But uh, there was a lot going on. Of course, today was Mizzou's turn at the mic on Media Days. But before we get into that, let's talk about a little bit of the action that happened prior to that on Monday and Tuesday. Monday specifically, the one thing that got my attention was a good friend of ours on the Mazzacast, Butch Jones. Mm-hmm. Butch Jones is known for his um, wisdom, I'd say. You know, yeah. he's, he's upbeat. I'll say that about him. Yeah, and uh, he, of course, he hasn't won the SEC East last year, or the year before that, uh, or the year before that, or ever or the year before that. Yeah, or ever. But uh, he's been the media darling for the last couple of years, but not so this year. Mm-hmm. In fact, some of the question line of questions was about that. Yeah, like. So when you couldn't succeed with good teams, what the fuck's going to happen this year? Mm-hmm. It was kind of a line of questioning he was getting. Yeah. And, and he's just like, we're going to be super-duper life champions, and we're going to mm-hmm. shoot for the stars. Hearts. <laughs> yeah, he, interesting. I think the big question for Butch Jones, of course, was did he view last year uh, as a disappointment uh, when he, you know, they won like eight games and uh, they were pegged to be the all-world team. And New Shock fans, he doesn't. No. He was not disappointed at all. A couple things he said. One, it was that uh, one of the underrated big wins for Tennessee football is their APR and how it's climbed since he's been there. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, in lieu of, with a losing record in the SEC and in lieu of not not even attending a SEC championship game, I mean, you 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 go to what you can find. You, well, and you know those uh, Vols fans pack the uh, stadium for 100,000 strong to see good grades. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so he said that, and then, of course, he said it wasn't a disappointment, followed by one of his wide receivers who came out and asked the same question. He said, oh, yeah, totally a disappointment. Well, and I think Butch Jones shows you in juxtaposition like Saban, who when they asked him if last year, you know, about last year, and he was saying, we will not forget this failure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he called it a failure that they got second in the nation, that they lost the national championship game. And that's maybe shows you a little bit of why Nick Saban is who he is and mm-hmm. why Butch Jones is who he is. Yeah. Butch Jones is going to be, uh, I mean, obviously the Owls job is taken by Lane Kiffin, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, the does the uh, Santa Cruz mud slugs, where the fuck they're called, do they need a football coach? Because something tells me after this season, uh, Butch may be looking. Yeah. Butch is one of the guys on the hot seat this year. They're not all of them we've heard from yet. I think the biggest hot seat we've got down in Hoover right now is probably Kevin Sumlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and rightly so. Oh, of course, yeah. So, But Butch is one that we've talked about. Another one we haven't heard from yet, but there was some news about was our good friend Hugh Freeze. We'll oh, get into boy. that later. Yeah. Uh, but his seat is, is warm quite a bit. It's well. not really. That's the, that's the crazy thing. It's like mm-hmm. Hugh Freeze's seat is really not that warm. If you ask you know anyone who works at Old Miss or if you for Old Miss. Yeah, we weren't going to talk about Hugh yet because we we hadn't, he hadn't shown up here, but uh, it is weird. But I do think it's hotter than the old Miss folk like to let on. Mm-hmm. Now, they, in their minds, it's not hot, but yeah. give them one 4 and 8 season. And then all their. They only devotion. won two games in the SEC mm-hmm. last year, and it didn't seem to make them waver. I mean, they beat Alabama twice. I mean, all is forgiven. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he could shoot a guy on 47th Street and wouldn't lose a vote, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't know who you're in. Comparing it to uh, the other guy I want to talk to, we heard a little bit from yesterday, which was Tuesday, Jim McElwain from the University of Florida. Uh, the interesting thing about Florida is that they are pegged to be one of the top two contenders, probably yeah, in them the in Georgia fighting mm-hmm. it out for the top. But that wasn't the interesting news for me because I feel like the news of the off season, absolutely was Sharkgate. Yeah, Sharkgate. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, somebody posted a picture online of a guy mm-hmm. laying naked on top of a shark on, on a, a back boat. of a fishing boat uh, that they'd obviously just caught. And the guy looked a whole lot like Jim McElwain. Yes. A whole lot. Goofy fucking grin and yeah. all. Yeah. yeah. The, the funny thing to me before uh, McElwain even spoke was some, talked to one of his players and he said, we knew right away that wasn't Coach because Coach isn't that fat. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, kid. Yeah, that that was a key. Yeah, <laughs> that he doesn't like to have intercourse with sharks. Mm, yeah. But they probably don't know that. Mm-hmm. That's a speculation. Well, I mean, you'd have to know him really personally for him to to get into his you know sexual peccadillos. <laughs> that when that when shark he's a porpoise guy. Yeah. <laughs> he likes that smooth skin. <laughs> um, the, the, when the shark gate thing came out and that meme started spreading around on Twitter. It took a long time for them to really uh, like debunk it, mm-hmm. and that made it all the better. Well, I think the initial reaction was like, let's just not even get this credence. It's silly. Yeah. And then at some point, it started to take on a life of its own, 
And you go, well, I guess we're going to have to go out and tell people that this isn't our coach laying naked on top of a shark. <laughs> and he came at them with both barrels. He was mad about it. Yep. He didn't have an ounce of sense of humor then, and he didn't have an ounce of sense of humor yesterday. Yeah, he called it an attack on his family. <laughs> <laughs> and which I thought was strange because if you've ever seen a picture of his family, his wife is a hammerhead shark. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he I mean, clearly. It, the conclusions are easy to draw, but mm-hmm. you know, some people fuck seafood, some don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Paul. Hey, hey. Uh, Paul Feinbaum just walked by and gave us a wave. So uh, it's SEC Media. Yeah, he has no idea happen. who we are. No. Let's to be honest. Brendan waved at him and he nonchalantly looked up. Yeah. And basically, he, he looks terrified. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but we got to see Paul. So oh, I wish we'd have brought the Paul Feinbaum. We could have introduced them. But there's no way we could have gotten any overhead, Ben. And you weren't going to pay twenty five dollars to put him in checked luggage. No. No. Plus, You're right. God damn, he's heavy. Oh. And you can't get him through security. My God, he'd set off every alarm in the world. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Plus, I didn't think. Plus, we could have run it like a box fan and drove it down here. He's nuclear powered as well. <laughs> yeah. The fusion that, that engine. Fusion reactors. Yeah. That doesn't play well for Delta Airlines. No. Yeah. So, uh, so McElwain, yeah, he got really just real bulled up about it. And uh, everybody was like, man, just play this off. Just have a sense of humor about it. Nobody really thinks you're fucking a shark. I mean, maybe I do, but some most people don't. No, yeah. And so, Florida fans certainly don't. I don't think he gets it. Like the more he gets mad about it, just wait till Florida gets a game day. I think that's wait for a game something day. that like everyone should know. If you know, if we have any teenagers listening to this show, all the way up to adults, sure it's hope like, we don't. <laughs> the worst thing you can do is get bowled up about anything. Somebody's breaking your balls, you just let it roll off your back. Because mm-hmm. what what is anybody looking for when they're breaking your balls? A reaction. Exactly. And so when Jim McElwain calls it an attack on his family, you know what I mean? And he's, mm-hmm. and he's treating this shark picture like ISIS. <laughs> that's not the way to go. That's not the way to handle it. Right. Yeah, but... It, that's- but I think most of the football coaches in the world, I mean, like he's like, I like to bust chops as much as anybody. But, uh, you know, that was, you know, a little... It's like... Do you really like the bus chop? Do you have a great sense of humor? I don't think most of these coaches do. No, his his attitude towards it strikes me as uh, I don't I didn't have much of an opinion about Jim McElwain, but I think he may be just an egomaniacal, pompous ass because he can't handle the least little bit of criticism, even in jest on yeah. Twitter. Well, if you've ever if you ever heard the story, like Jimmy Kimmel before he was the man, the man of late night used to be on like Fox News, used to pick teams and mm-hmm. all that stuff, and he would because he was a comedian, he would break the balls of like Howie Long and all the rest of the guys mm-hmm. on the panel for the NFL morning show. And I guess the rumor was is they don't like that at all. They didn't like really like Jimmy Kimmel because you're talking about guys who like to break balls but have been Adonis's their whole life or, in the coach's case, the fucking boss. And so even though they like to break a few balls, they're not used to, to catching like, it. catching any of it. Like, well, plus they're giant fucking men, and there's not a lot of people that, like, give it to them. All. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think that's what I'm doing. saying. And I think, you know, Jim McElwain and probably most of these guys are uh, probably guilty of that. They just haven't taken a lot of grief. Yeah. Well, um, he's going to take a shitload of grief when football season gets started. I yeah. mean, the signs, I just can't oh, wait for the signs. SEC game day is going to be... <laughs> it's going to be intense. Other than that, this SEC media day's time, you know, the coaches come out, the players come out, they say a lot of nonsense. They, you know, they don't tell you anything. They tell you... Straight you know, up coach we're, speak. We're going to have a great season. We're looking forward to it. Summer's been going great. Recruiting's been going great. And uh, you don't hear a lot. There are the occasional good news things. And uh, McElwain, for me, was one. But Mizzou was here today, and uh, Barry Odom brought three players. He brought uh, Drew Locke, our starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. He brought Jamon Moore, sure. our 1,000-yard wide receiver. And then he brought one, Eric Beisel. Yeah, and Zeus uh, Beisel is what he's yeah. also known. And we knew that Eric Beisel had a little uh, grit. You know, we, we knew from his Arkansas rant that he went on about uh, how Arkansas mm-hmm. did, shouldn't even come down and we yeah. dared him not to. And then we proceeded to beat Arkansas. And then he did it again during the basketball season before yeah. we beat Arkansas yeah. again. And uh, so we knew he was a guy we liked. He was Mazzotcast material. Sure. But he might be straight up crazy. <laughs> I like it. Uh, he's good yeah, what crazy. was that Lyman Copeland we had a few years ago? Yeah, he was Max a nut- Copeland. Yeah, yeah, he was constantly a bleeding, yes. Yeah, and um, he, I, he got banned from the media for like making a reference to um, when we beat Georgia that first year. Mm-hmm. Um, basically comparing it to the north beating the south in a civil war battle i can't remember which one he referenced directly but they're like you know what max let's tone it down yeah let's 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 not do that it was an interesting choice for me for barry odom to pick eric beisel because we talked about last year when beisel did sort of give bulletin board material to arkansas how odom probably pulled him aside and said hey shut your fucking trap yeah but this is the preeminent national place 
to talk. Well, I like it. I think Mizzou is, if, if people talk about Mizzou, which they don't, and being down here, we can tell you that. Yeah. You know, we, are not in, we are not a top of conversation at all. It's good to have some Jesse Palmer swagger. Yes. You know, I mean, it's good to have some fucking attitude, you know. Everybody treats you like something they found on the bottom of your shoe. Well, fuck you. We don't like you anyway. We're going to kick all your asses. And maybe it's not true. It probably isn't that we're going to kick asses. But if it is, I mean... That's the attitude I want you to have. Well, the thing I say about Eric Basel being crazy, Colin, is he's not just talking about kicking all these teams' asses. He's talking about controlling the sky. <laughs> yeah, controlling about controlling the weather. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he, he thinks he is Zeus. And or then, Thor. Right. You know, so he thinks he's a, uh, a Greek god, literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they asked Drew Locke about it, and he said, oh, no, he's not joking around. He, he is like that. He thinks. He thinks he's a reincarnated god. And, uh, a reincarnated gladiator. You no, know, he is a reincarnated gladiator. That's Who now right. is a god. Yeah, and he's like, sometimes to survive, you have to kill others. Yeah. And there must be bloodshed, and I'm yeah. prepared to do that. He talks about football in a lot the same way that an insane Roman emperor would uh, talk about destroying the Germans. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, we've, we're going to have a lot of fun with Eric Beisel this year. As he's going to be a starting linebacker, and uh, he's going to be in front of a microphone a lot. There weren't the Germans, and there were the Gauls, right? Well, they took out the Germans. They took out the Gauls. Okay. Um, Germanic tribes. You sure. want to get into history right now, Colin? <laughs> yeah. get into history right now? Hey, we've already talked about Tiger Woods the and on tits. I mean, you want to... <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so Julius Caesar in the year 30 BC. <laughs> I, yeah, so actually Eric Beisel could probably tell us all about it. He was there. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so um, I like that Barry Odom put Eric Beisel in front of mm-hmm. the microphones, in front of the cameras. And so we got to see him in all his glory. Drew Locke is an easy pick. He's a starting quarterback. He, you know, he knows how to say the right thing. He's a good-looking fellow. He's a, he's a good-looking cat, which Colin has mentioned once or twice. <laughs> and uh, and Jamon Moore, he's good in front of him, Mike, too. You know, uh, Jamon Moore, I, you know, I, I'd read interviews that he'd done. Mm-hmm. I had, uh, you know, obviously seen his Twitter posts and stuff. He was not who I expected him to be. I what expected did you him to expect, be, Colin? I mean, just like a sort of a very serious, almost angry young man, serious about football. You know, I think part of it is is like every time he'd be interviewed in oh, an yeah. article, they're referencing him dropping footballs or on Twitter fans are giving well, him Well, and he business. gets on the sideline and he throws fits. Really yeah, great, and you kind of yeah. you kind of expect this guy who's kind of a well, be honest, kind of a horse's ass, and uh, he is like jovial. You know, like he's so happy to yeah. be here and he's so good natured and uh, very dressed, art- yeah, dressed sharp, very yeah. sharply dressed, nice mm-hmm. bow tie, and and very articulate, and like he's not who I expected. Mm. But uh, Eric Beisel is what I expected just turned up to 11. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's everything I hoped he would be. Really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he is a cartoon character. And it is great to have those guys on the team. Copeland was, like you said, mm-hmm. he sort of, people rallied around him. And he, yeah. and he the camera loved him. I mean, mm-hmm. when we were on national well, TV. Well, he was constantly bleeding. He had like, super long Thor hair, and his nose was constantly bloody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looked like every black pic- all over yeah, his face. Yeah, looked like a picture you want to show people mm-hmm. when you talk about how badass football players are. Yeah, and so then, uh, of course, Barry Odom, our head coach, had a lot to say as well. And Colin, uh, I don't know if we've got enough time to get into it before the we've break. We've got all the time in the world, fans, because I'm going to tell you what, we may go long tonight. Yeah, yeah. Well, what are we going to do? We're at the hotel. There's hardly any strip clubs in this town. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so one of the things that happened to Barry Odom, Barry Odom last year, was Mac Rhodes quit on us. Mm. So here we was to talk about his football team and his fucking athletic department director bails on him which is the best thing that ever happened to mizzou it is but the timing was you know Ill-timed. the timing it was, was ill-timed it was ill-timed for 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 uh, barry odom because mm-hmm. then he had to answer all these questions about that and probably he didn't know what the hell to tell him yeah this year of course day before we get to hoover alabama the new york times puts an article in the fucking paper about the missouri protest two years ago and the effect it's had on enrollment and the effect it's had on all this and it just painted this dire, just abysmal, post-Armageddon yeah. fucking picture of the university, and it was a hatchet job of an We article. were both in Columbia when this was going on. Mm. It was like two tents in the quad, and that was it. Yeah. Life went on. You know what I mean? Like, it was not a thing. I mean, like, you would watch the news, and if you read these articles now, you would, like, you would think it was War like... zone. Yeah. It was... It was fucking escape from L.A. Yeah. And it's just like, what is what is going on right now? Yeah. You know, and the, and I kind of, when I saw the article initially, I was like, oh, I hope they're kind of going to yeah. give a, like, a on the representation of what is what it was really like. Instead, they they talked to a couple kids who picked inferior schools based on, you know, this protest, which says to me either the kids are really stupid or their parents are really stupid, but somebody in the family is really stupid because to allow this two-year-old protest that was a molehill that turned into a mountain 
to to affect their decision about like I'm going to go to a worse school because of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately, who's the loser in that? Yeah. And like that kid that went to Missouri Valley, there's not a fucking person on the planet. And I apologize, you went to Missouri Valley, but there's not a kid on the planet that picked Missouri Valley over Mizzou if they had the money or I don't know, maybe I don't fucking know. My my thought is though is like I bet that kid's got a Mizzou rejection letter somewhere, and I wish the athletic department would release it. <laughs> yeah, and then I just felt bad for Barry Odom for having to deal with that bullshit in the mm-hmm. midst of another SEC media days. And, you know, Marcel Frazier got on Twitter and, and defended the university. And, and I'll tell you this, uh, unlike two years ago, one thing I saw that has changed in the attitude, uh, locally at least, that I thought was a positive is that when all this was going on, there was a lot of shitting on Mizzou, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot of bad, horrendous mistakes oh, the, that the university the, the, made. Yeah, the football team should, never should have protested. Gary Pinkle was a fucking flat dum-dum for letting that happen. Yep, and he did not have his hand on the pulse of this football team, and, and they fucked up, and people lost their jobs, and we became a national story, and it has no doubt hurt the university. And, but the thing about it was that we got a lot of bad press about it, but mm-hmm. we also had a lot of Mizzou people shitting on Mizzou about it. Yeah. And that made that pissed me off at the time because even though there were mistakes made, like Tim Wolf or one or two people or a protester or two, they don't make the university. You know yeah. what I mean? They don't make up the 175 years of history and all the memories that you had going to school here. Those people aren't that. And so I didn't like those people representing the entirety of the university. And now that this New York Times article came out, I see Mizzou people. They read the article and they say, fuck you, New York Times. Don't fuck with my university. Well, that's so people who may have been at, mad at the university at the time are now defending their university because yeah, there's a little time, there's a little space, and their heads are right. And it's like, yes, we recognize mistakes were made. We're moving forward. We still love Mizzou. Fuck you, New York Times. Well, and I think that's something that, like, initially, like you said, Mizzou people are mad at Mizzou. Missourians are mad at Mizzou. And that's okay. But when people who aren't Mizzou, <laughs> like, we can shit on our university. We can be pissed off. Fuck you! You don't know anything about it. You just stay out of it. You don't, don't pick on my university. Like mm-hmm. I'm busy picking on my university right now, but right. you don't have the right. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so that was sort of in the background for us a little bit, and I hate it because then all these fucking idiots from other SEC schools bring it up and yeah, just and terrible spelling and grammatic errors. Right. <laughs> they just tell us all about. Like one guy is like, it's a failing academically. It's failing. It's just he just listed all the reasons we're failing. Like that guy hasn't stepped foot on Mizzou's campus. He has knows nothing about. Mizzou. No. Yeah, so there was that. And then, you know, the talk about the uh, the football team and its status this year. And because, like, we talked about on our last program how a lot of them are picking us either sixth or seventh in the division. It's, it's between us and Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. essentially, and for everybody. Yeah. And the one thing that it got me thinking about is everybody makes their picks this time of year because mm-hmm. there's really nothing else to do. And it, there gets to be this running narrative of who belongs in what position. Yeah. And then it kind of gets locked in. Like, you know, if if people decide that Tennessee is going to be fourth in the division, yep. then that just is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then it gets blown out of the fucking water, often week one. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, I find myself almost believing it's like, well, it's going to be hard for Mizzou to, you know, make it fourth when, you know, we're really supposed to be sixth or seventh. But the fact is, crazy games happen every week and blow up well, these expectations. And the, the fact is, is that the East is, is a, I don't want to say it's necessarily down. It is rife with parody right now. Mm-hmm. Nobody is grabbing this division by the throat. And I don't see Georgia or Florida doing that this year. I mean, not that any one of those teams may not win the division, but I don't see them grabbing it by the throat, like, like the way Alabama has owned the West. Mm-hmm. And so, like, why not Mizzou jump up and win some football games? Why not be competitive for the East? I mean, it's, like I said, there's nobody grabbing the throat of this conference. There's no team with a transcendent player like a Cam Newton or a Tim Tebow in the East. There's no team that is so heads and tails above everybody else that any team is completely out of it. I mean, Kentucky could be competitive if they put it together. Mm-hmm. Even Vanderbilt, which I not would never have imagined they would pick the, win the East or anything, but could be more competitive than certainly the pundits are giving them credit for. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Florida is not a team that's going to beat somebody by 50 every day. No, I agree. And I mean, we were talking about Mizzou's schedule last week, and I said, if Missouri were to lose four or five games this year, even six, I wouldn't be surprised. That is very likely what will happen. But I look at that schedule, and I think really Auburn, that's the only game on our calendar that I look at and say, I don't think we can win it. Every other game, if we won it, granted some of them would be upsets, but it wouldn't be utterly shocking to me. If we beat Florida or if we beat Georgia, I'd be super happy, and it would be kind of unexpected, but it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibilities in my eyes. Well, I think that's what's sort of frustrating when you talk to these people is like, we're not necessarily going to predict it, 
but it's certainly possible. Right. But it's not. It's just completely outside the scope of reason oh, for yeah. most of these folks. Down well, here. ESPN put out a uh, likelihood percentages of who could win the East, and Missouri and Kentucky. Uh, I think they shared a three percent chance. No, Missouri and Vanderbilt shared a three percent chance. Combined. I was say that surprised me with Kentucky. Yeah, I think Kentucky had a 6% chance of winning the East. Now, Missouri's not going to win the East. But uh, let's not pretend that you know the ESPN pseudoscience index is, is science. It's mm-hmm. not. It's bullshit like everybody else's bullshit. See Barrett Sally down the hall? Mm-hmm. He's bullshit. No. Yeah, he will not be on on air, by the way. Colin, uh, we had a lot to talk about tonight, but I we think do. we need to it's take a jam-packed our, show. Yeah, we need to take our first break. We're going to get our guest in here. Of course, we're going to have Kansas news for you as well as we always do. But uh, we're going to get into all that. We're even going to have a douche of the week in the mm. football. So stay tuned. This is the Mazzotcast. Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. back uh, from Hoover, Alabama. We've got a special guest for you now. Joining us from uh, the University of Missouri Tigers, quarterback Drew Locke. Thanks for joining us, Drew. Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to have you uh, here down in Hoover. Tell us, what are your thoughts, your first SEC media days? Well, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's pretty sweet. I mean, lots of people want to talk to me, and I'm kind of the center of attention, and that's kind of nice, you know. Uh, uh, a lot of times I'm kind of the center of attention, but I have Corey with me a lot of times, and he seems to steal that spotlight, so it's kind of nice to, to, not, to have it. And, uh, you know, it's exciting and fun, and, and I'm, I'm super-duper happy about it. Are you, uh, are you in your hotel room now, or what are you up to when it's evening in Hoover after a big day of uh, talking oh, yeah. to the press? Oh, yeah. I, I just warmed up my glass of milk, and uh, I've, I've got to sit here on the bedpost, and I'm watching watching some TV and just getting ready to go to bed so I can get up early tomorrow and start all over it. Well, uh, tell us, uh, Drew, what was the line of questioning like from the uh, press today? What kind of, what what did people want to know from you? Oh, you know, are we going to be any good? You know, am I going to be any good? Is Coach Odom any good? Is our offensive line any good? Is the defense going to be any good? Are we going to be any good? You know, mostly stuff like that. Yeah, uh, and what was your answer to that? Oh, yeah, we're going to be super-duper at all of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you meet anybody interesting, or did you? Uh, is there anybody that you were excited to see while you were down here? Uh, not really. I mean, um, there's, I don't know. I, I've met most of these people. There was some big-eared bald man who came and talked to me and um, never really introduced himself. I he, he seemed to think I should know who he was, but I, I wasn't sure. Um I got to meet Nick Saban. Yeah. Um, he shoved me out of the way uh, as he went into the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, I guess. And uh, um, I, uh, I, Brett Belima, uh, butted in line in front of me at the buffet during the lunch. Yeah, you don't want to get between uh, him and the buffet. No, no. In fact, it was unfortunate because there, there wasn't much left. There was like four turkey sandwiches left, and I was like, mm, I'm going to have a turkey sandwich. And he took all of them. <laughs> Plus a couple of roast beef. <laughs> yeah, the, that's uh, that's pretty typical for uh, a Belama behavior. Uh, you had uh, Jayma Moore and Eric Beisel with you on this trip. Uh, what do those guys like to hang out with? Oh well, um, you know Jayma and me are on you know office together, so we uh, you know we're we're uh, rooming right next door to one another and spending a lot of time together. Um, we tried hanging out with uh, with uh, Eric, but uh, he's outside screaming at the sky. Yeah. Most of the time, <laughs> and in the lobby, talking about you know football, and uh, you know it's it's crazy a little bit. You know he's he's a little bit scary, mm-hmm. and uh, you know so I don't know. My my parents said I should just stay away from him, so I kind of I kind of I'm doing going with that. But you and, and Jamon, Coach Odom, still made me stay away from him. Yeah. <laughs> so you and Jamon get along well, though. I mean, Jamon once said you got along like peanut butter and butter. Yeah, yeah. I I guess. I, I don't know if that analogy worked, but yeah, we I guess so. Mm-hmm. I um, didn't know if peanut butter and butter might be one of your favorite sandwiches. 
No, no, I, 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 I'll, I'll eat uh, plain white bread with butter, but peanut butter is a little racy. <laughs> I, I try to stay away. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to get yourself in a Matty Mock situation. No, no, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. So uh, tell us, uh, while we have you on the phone, it's uh, a new season coming up. You're going to be a junior, a lot of big expectations. Hey, what, what's uh, that? Corey, Corey, what? I'm, please be quiet. Drew, you're not, Corey Fatoni is hey. not with you. <sighs> he is. I, he snuck into my luggage. I <laughs> into your luggage? Know. It was so heavy and it smelled so much like cologne. Oh, and I no. didn't realize it at the time. And I opened my carry on my bag and there's, there's Corey. What is he yeah, doing he said down he there? He wanted to get Hoover trim. I don't know. He said he wanted to get some sweet Hoover trim. I, I, oh, I don't know. You can't get rid of that guy. Who are you on the phone with? Do you want to put him on the phone? guys. No, I do not want to put him on the phone. All right. Well, we're happy to talk to him, but I, the, I don't think he's busy shaving his chest in the mirror. And uh, yeah, he's, that's weird. It's weird. <laughs> it is weird. You don't shave your chest as well. I don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I guess we can let you go. I know it is probably past your bedtime now, uh, Drew, but uh, you want to give us a prediction? Yeah. yeah. Once, once Corey gets out of here, I'm going to definitely get some. He's going to go down and he says he's going to slay some chick that's on the SEC network. I forget her name, but. Uh, she can't be talking about Laura Rutledge. Yeah. Well, she, if he's talking about Laura Rutledge, she's a married woman. Do you know Corey Fatelli? <laughs> I'm not sure that's going to be an issue for him anyway. I don't know about her. But. Yeah, I guess that's right. Well, I, before I let you go, I did want to ask you, Drew, what is your prediction? How how well do you think the Tigers will do this year? Win the East. You know, I feel like I can throw the ball real far, and Jamon Moore can catch it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, Marshall Frazier is uh, certainly angry, mm-hmm. and so that will help on the football field. And I guess it's, it's hard to know, but if Eric Faisal can literally throw lightning bolts at other players like he says he can, I think that that, that would certainly help on a football field, I think. Yeah, I, I do think that's a factor a lot of people aren't taking into consideration. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, I don't know. What, I mean, listen, I mean, his pregame rituals, he drinks his own urine. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, well, would you come back on the show later this week? Just give us an update on how Eric's doing and, of course, uh, your good friend Corey. Yeah, sure. Maybe even maybe if uh, you know, Corey just walked out the door, uh, but uh, maybe we can let him talk next time. If I just maybe let him calm him down a minute. Okay, that sounds good. Bit. All right, we'll get to bed, Drew. You got a big long flight to Columbia tomorrow. All right, thanks, fellas. Who might be? Z O U. Oh, there you have it, Colin. It's good to have a familiar voice while we're so far from home. Yeah, it lets us know where we uh, stack up when we have to um, call him, even though we're here. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, he wouldn't come down and talk no, to us. No, no. But he does not go down in the lobby of the hotel after 9 p.m. That no. is not something that no. Drew Locke is going to be doing. No. Uh, well, I'll tell you what is weird as we're sitting here in the lobby and watching people pass. It's an interesting dichotomy because you see all of these SEC media types, and they're in their suits and their ties, and they're mm-hmm. trying to look very New York and very yeah. you know prim and proper. And then you've got the regular Alabama people who are just coming and going. Mm-hmm. Who have nothing to do with SEC media? A lot days. of flip flops. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of bellies hanging below their shirt and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, a big contingent of Alabama fans down yeah. here, which yeah. is interesting because how often do they get to see their Alabama? I think it's another reason to, to, to have Nashville is because you know there there's only about sixteen or seventeen Vanderbilt fans mm-hmm. as is, and so you know I think there would be a bigger contingent from every SEC program if you put it in a destination that anyone wanted to go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. But uh, one thing nice about being down here for the first time is that we've gotten to meet some of our uh, peers. And uh, <laughs> we had Peter Burns, who uh, obviously hosts the podcast with uh, Booger McFarland, the Booger and Burns show, and mm-hmm. uh, fills in for Paul Feinbaum quite a bit. Uh, he's agreed to do our show later uh, this fall, which would be great, a big get for us. Sure. And uh, one group was kind of interesting that uh, we're going to probably do something with is uh, the Saturday Down South folks. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's interesting because we've had a little interaction with Saturday Down South recently. Uh, Which they've taken in good spirits. They seem to have taken in good spirits, but they uh, the They're reason... not the Missouri media. We'll put it that way. Yeah, the reason that uh, we've had interaction with them is that they've really taken it upon themselves to shit on our Tigers pretty hard or just ignore us altogether uh, over the last couple months. And uh, that 
culminated this week with uh, you know we had stacks of media guides from each of the town or each of the teams uh, laying around uh, the media days and they grabbed a Missouri media guide which granted the cover was not uh, you know it's probably not going to win any awards but mm-hmm. they used it as an example of uh, how Missouri is a shit school and a shit program and uh, really just busted our chops about that and so we uh, we uh, came at them and they get brought it a little bit back and uh, lo and behold uh, they started to do John Chris started to do an SEC or a Saturday Down South podcast and we'll <laughs> we'll likely be on it with them soon so yeah that's going to be exciting but uh, yeah it w- it is interesting how they just have they've really kind of taken a turn for it yeah they they've, they've leaned into the fuck Missouri mm, thing yeah yeah and uh, Missouri fans have given it right back to them I mean Colin uh, that I think that I'm ready to give them an award. Really? Yeah. I mean, how many articles do they have to either dismiss Missouri or leave Missouri out in an SEC? Yeah, that's one of the things that gets me is like they talk about the top rushers in the league and they forget to add Demario Crockett. They talk about all the players who were drafted from the SEC and they leave out Charles Harris. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They just, and then, you know, sometimes it's not even the fact that they're directly taking a shit on us. It's the fact that they're just like, we're so irrelevant that our players are not even worth the effort. Yeah. And uh, so, anyway, because of that, I think it's safe to say in the SEC Media Days, it's time to give them Dude of the Week. Congratulations, mm-hmm. SBS. Yeah. So, it's a proud honor, and a lot of people have gotten it this year. So, anyway, uh, congratulations, Saturday Night South, for being Douches of the Week. And uh, let's get back into the Media Days, Colin, because one thing I failed to mention in the opening segment was uh, Brett Bielema mm-hmm. did talk, and uh, I can't believe we forgot to mention it because we talked about Eric Beisel, but a lot yeah. of the conversation had to do with the rivalry, quote-unquote rivalry of the uh, Missouri-Arkansas teams, the mm-hmm. battle line rivalry, and uh, people ask him if that uh, loss to Missouri really stuck in his craw, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think it did. Yeah, uh, Because not only did... We have a bad season. That and entire we beat them. chicken leg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, they were, what, 24 points, 27 points ahead, and we came back and beat them. And it was 24 to 28, I think, that game or something like yeah. that. This is the final score, yeah. yeah. And so, anyway, um, you know, that was a real disappointment for them. They went on to do the exact same thing in their bowl game where they got, came from, you know, they had a big lead and they blew it. And so, uh, you know, Brett Bielema, do you think his seat is hot? Oh, I think so. I, for no other reason, he's making like $4 million a year. Mm-hmm. And nobody pays somebody $4 million a year to win five or six games. And C could be hot from the ass sweat. But I mean, he, he, like Butch Jones, has a losing record in the SEC on the whole. They've never finished higher than fourth, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not good. No. He, he came from Wisconsin with a lot of hope because he had excelled there. And especially now there's a narrative like, oh, the SEC is down. It's not what it was. Or are there other pro, are there Power five conferences are just as good. But I think uh, if you ask Brett, you know, he'd be like, listen, I was in another conference when I had a lot of success. This one's harder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things Brett talked about with the rivalry is he uh, suggested that uh, Missouri and Arkansas, their high school all-stars, play a high school all-star game against each other. Yeah, I kind of liked that idea. So did Barry Odom. They talked about it as well, and he was down for it. Anything to rival to get the rivalry uh, upgraded a notch, mm-hmm. I think, is good. I think it's for both programs. It's anything that raises your profile. Mm-hmm. You know, it can't hurt recruiting. Yeah, and I mean... You know, of course, we've had the Kansas rivalry. We've talked to ad nauseum about that. Eric Beisel, by the way, did bring that up. He said, he said we don't like Kansas. But to be fair, I don't think anyone likes Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> he also said it's a shame that they're scared to play us. Yes, he did. Um, God, he's great. He really is. Fucking he says awesome. what's on his mind. Yeah. <laughs> mouths right off. If he weren't outside just howling at the sky, I'd love to have him on the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, anyway, yeah, Bielema, um, you know, he... He doesn't like us. He, he, did you know he blocked us on Twitter? No, I, I did. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's a real shame because we've had some, you know, mentions that I'd like to him, him to have seen. Yeah, sure. But uh, yeah, so uh, coming up, we have uh, a couple people. The one I'm really looking forward to is Hugh Freeze, Colin. Ooh, we've talked a lot about Hugh Freeze, and I don't know if you recall or not. I'm not a fan, nor am I. Yeah, and so uh, obviously he's a big hypocrite. He's a cheater. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a blowhard. He's a philistine. But uh, it, the thing that Hugh Freeze is going to have to deal with now, and this has to be by design, is former Ole Miss coach Houston Nutt. Is now <laughs> that, s- that guy's a nut. <laughs> yes, he is. He's as good as his name. Yeah, and he, uh, he's suing Hugh Freeze and uh, Ole Miss because he uh, basically claims that he's being defamed by them, that they are placing all the blame for all their irregularities on him. And Hugh Freeze is, uh, is not, you know, trying to portray himself as not responsible. 
Yeah, and the thing is, is that you know, this is not just a um, completely out of left field thing either. I mean, he has some. He's like a phone. Hugh Fuse's phone records, <laughs> and I mean, he's. I mean, I don't know if any of it is necessarily provable, but he makes a compelling argument that Hugh Freeze might be lying about something yeah. or might not be completely clean as he would like us all to believe. The thing that Houston Nutt's allegations struck me as is in line with everything I've ever thought about Hugh Freeze. Yeah. He, you know, on, on Twitter, he loves him some Jesus, and in real life, he's a shitbag. He is the horse thief that prays a little too loudly on Sunday. That's right. That, and in fact, in that vein, I'd like to read to you a little segment of the uh, of the case that uh, Houston Nutt put together against Hugh Freeze, and it got very personal. The document states, and I quote, It is common knowledge among sports journalists that Coach Freeze does not take kindly to criticism. Since the moment the NCAA investigation was made public, Coach Freeze has distinguished himself from other Division One head football coaches by A, consistently exhibiting behaviors that are massively defensive, B, going to extraordinary lengths on social media and otherwise to promote his self-image as a deeply spiritual, godly man who's done nothing wrong and is being persecuted, and C, attempting to cultivate personal relationships with sports journalists for the purpose of promoting this self-image through positive news stories and further alleged below, exploiting their trust and deliberately misleading them into tweeting and writing news stories that further his agenda. These personal characteristics contributed to Coach Freeze's decision to play the leading role in the self-serving smear campaign that foreseeably damaged Coach Nutt's reputation. So he basically portrayed him exactly as we've always said mm-hmm. that he is. And yep. I, I think it's thinly veiled. I mean, I think yep. any, the only people who don't believe Hugh Freeze meets this description are old Miss Die in the Wool fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting because people are going to ask questions about, uh, you know, this uh, allegation from Houston Nutt, and he's going to be forced to deal with it once well, again. Well, and I think the great part about it is is that he's going to be in a position where he's just going to have to sort of take a plead the fifth type angle like i'm not going to talk about that it's a legal case i can't talk about it. lawyers won't let me talk about it hey what about the ncaa sanctions listen we're here to talk about old miss football i'm not going to talk about that stuff right. yeah he can go down that route and i probably will or he can lie his ass off which is what i hope he does because you know you go on a mic you lie your ass off and then the press goes digs up the truth and then you have to go back and try to defend those lies or i don't know I mean, it's just like he's either going to dig the hole deeper or he's just going to completely keep everything at arm's length. I put almost all my money on the, I can't talk about it, it's mm-hmm. a pending legal case, blah, blah, blah. Let's talk about Ole Miss football. But We're the NCAA really sanctions you know, are not part of that legal case necessarily. Um, so they can ask about that. And, but I still and he'll like, say, well, I've, talk, I've asked, been asked about it, I've answered those questions, there's yeah, nothing exactly. further to say. Yeah, but it's great because even if he doesn't answer it, he's still going to face more questions about yeah. it, which yeah. makes me very happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in honor of Hugh Freeze, we're going to take another break, and then when we come back, we're going to have a special little game uh, about our good friend, Coach Hugh Freeze. Stay tuned. This is the Mazodcast. Hi, I'm Mike, founder of DollarShaveClub.com. What is DollarShaveClub.com? Well, for a dollar a month, we send high-quality razors right to your door. Yeah, a dollar. Are the blades any good? No. Our blades are f***ing great. So stop forgetting to buy your blades every month and start deciding where you're going to stack all those dollar bills I'm saving you. We are DollarShaveClub.com and the party is on. And now the show with even fewer fans than the Kansas Jayhawks homecoming game, the Mazzotcast. Colin, we're back, and uh, it's time to play a new game. This is an honor of Hugh Freeze, and as we've mentioned several times, he's a man of many cliches and quotes, mm-hmm. and uh, some of them reminded me of someone else. And so let's play a little round of Hugh Freeze or Adolf Hitler. It's going to be national championship time right here at the University of Mississippi. It starts tonight. Listen to me. You ready to play the game, Colin? Oh, boy. All right. Our first quote is, As a Christian, I have no duty to allow myself to be cheated, 
but I do have the duty to be a fighter for truth and justice. Boy, I, I don't know. Was was Hitler a super Christiany guy? Well, he, you know, not an axe. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm going to go with Hugh Freeze on that one. That seems pretty pious. Mm. No, I mean, it sounded a lot like Hugh Freeze, but it was, in fact. You know, I love this game, Brendan, is that I could honestly pick Hugh Freeze <laughs> and be wrong. <laughs> it wasn't. It was someone very similar to him. It was Adolf Hitler. Okay. So uh, you're over one. Uh, next question. Too bad Brian's not here to play. I know. It would be good. But, yeah, we can't get him into the state. No, he's... Okay, so our next one is... It's the thousands of little moments, decisions that truly make us who we are. Hmm. It's a mosaic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to go with Hugh Freeze again. All right. This I one was Hugh Freeze. Freeze I feel yeah. like you might mix them up. I really didn't know. Yeah, just... yeah. Well, it, it was Hugh Freeze, but, uh, you know, could easily have been his friend. Uh, next one. The less you want, the more you love. Be grateful for who you are. Great advice from Snoopy to Charlie Brown. That's got to be Hugh Freeze. Was Snoopy around... Oh, of course he was. He fought the Red Baron in that war. Oh, I thought that was World War One. Yeah, well, World War Two was after World War One. <laughs> I'm going to say Hugh Freeze. Again, we're going to talk history. I don't know. You, you say Hugh Freeze? Yep. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. I'm pretty sure Charles Schultz. <laughs> Not a lot of Snoopy references. No, from, no, uh, from Adolf. Yeah, like the, the the last name Schultz probably uh, made him not the biggest Snoopy <laughs> fan if he existed at all. <laughs> all right, next one. Uh, people may not always believe what you say, but they will always believe what you do. Uh, let's go with Adolf. Yes, it was Adolf Hitler. It was you know, wise words from Adolf Hitler. So uh, okay, let me get to our next one here. God is not moved or impressed with our worship until our hearts are moved and impressed by Him. God, that sounds... I, I feel like that's less than 140 characters for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say Hugh Freeze. Mm-hmm. No, it was, it was in fact Adolf Hitler. I Adolf mean, Hitler would have been... Put that in there on a Hugh Freeze tweet and no one would bat an yeah, eye. No. You know, it, it makes me realize that, that uh, Hitler would be hot fire on Twitter. <laughs> He'd be spitting... Yeah. Yeah, it, fire. It's it a shame that he's not around for Twitter. <laughs> yeah, boy, it breaks my heart. <laughs> uh, next one. Each and every day we have a choice to either love the person that's in front of us or not. Choose wisely. Hmm. I feel like Hugh Freeze pretends to love everyone. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this is going to be, you know, this, this leaves some folks out maybe. Mm-hmm. Some say Hitler. Mm-hmm. Oh. No, it was uh, Hugh Freeze. Yeah. Uh, it turns out Adolf Hitler, there were a few people he didn't love. <laughs> yeah. Just a coach. <laughs> you probably didn't know that until six the million or so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Next one. Never deprive someone of hope. It may be all they have. Well, I feel like Hitler deprived a lot of people of hope. I mean, a lot. Yeah, quite a few. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, there was not a lot of hope in Auschwitz. So I'm going to say with Hugh Freeze. No, nah, it was Hitler. He talked about hope. Strangely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Calm it's down. almost like Hitler was a rancid hypocrite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just not an all-around kind of a bad guy. Well, and speaking of all-around bad guys and all-around hypocrites, that's why this game is so tough. Because well, you know, that, so is Hugh Freeze. I don't mind saying it, Brennan. Hitler was a real jerk. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. Okay. Independence is a delusion. No one lives in a self-sufficient life. Every good and perfect gift is from above. I'm going to say Hitler. Again, it was Hugh Freeze. This not game good. should not be this hard. <laughs> It shouldn't be this hard. Yes, Old Miss fans, is. this should not be this hard. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, it is, though. It is. What <laughs> yeah. does that tell you? Okay, uh, success is the sole earthly judge of right and wrong. Run that by me again. Success is the sole earthly judge of right and wrong. Well, that's got to be Hitler. I was yeah. going to say success <laughs> is the, I mean, Hugh Freeze would be like, I just won two games in the SEC season, so you can't judge how awesome I am by success. <laughs> That's true. How awesome I, you got to judge how awesome I am is how many times I quote scripture on Twitter. Yeah, plus he's not worried about his earthly judge. No. God, no. Mm-hmm. Last one here, Colin. I don't believe and have zero knowledge that any of our coaches have ever paid a player. <laughs> but that's a real head scratcher. <laughs> yes, it is. Who yeah, could it be? I don't know. I'm going to go with Hugh Freeze. Yeah, it was Hugh Freeze. He said that none of his coaches have any idea. No, that anyone was ever paid. No, especially him. Mm, I mean, no, it wasn't no, him. No, absolutely yeah, not. It's all Houston nut. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So there you have it. You uh, didn't do real well, Colin. But uh, you yeah, know, but I, I knew this was going to be a doozy. Yeah, toughest games we've ever played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a it was a tough one, but uh, you know, you did your best. So that's all we can ask much like with Hugh Freeze and Old Miss let's get into something else though well, I always heard there were three kinds of sons in Kansas sunshine sunflowers sons of bitches 
This is Kansas News. All right, our first story comes from the AP. Kansas man hopes for return of urn holding brother's ashes. In Topeka, Kansas, an eastern Kansas man is hoping for the return of an urn containing his brother's ashes. The Topeka Capital Journal reported that someone broke into Gabe Bullard's car this week in Topeka. The 26-year-old says that several items were stolen, including the small urn and the antique compass given to him by his uncle. Was the urn made of copper? You know, like they're going to sell it? Like it's like they rip copper pipes out of walls? Yeah, pretty valuable. My question is, what's it doing in his fucking car? Did, Where else do you keep an urn full of your dead loved one's ashes, Brennan? <laughs> no. I think you make yourself a fool by asking that question. Uh, I guess you're right. Bullard's brother, Chris, died in 2010 at the age of 29. Family members say Bullard kept the urn in his vehicle as a way of taking his brother with him everywhere, quite mm. literally. Uh, the urn is small enough to fit into a person's hand and has even traveled with him to the Philippines and to Tokyo. Colin, I feel like when someone dies, people talk about taking them with him. Not necessarily literally but yeah. in their heart i'm gonna tell you this if my brother dies i will not be taking his ashes anywhere <laughs> i fully believe that but we all know that you're gonna die first <laughs> bullard's wife rika says that they filed a police report about the break-in and theft tuesday evening next story i'm a sadist kansas man allegedly sought mother daughter as sex slaves wow <laughs> An Ottawa, Kansas man who allegedly wanted to make a woman and her daughter sex slaves has been charged with attempted sex trafficking of a child. Michael David Mitchell, age 63, also was charged Monday in a U.S. District Court in Topeka with attempted coercion and enticement of a child, traveling across state lines with the intent to have sex with a child, and six counts of electronic solicitation. According to federal prosecutors, Mitchell allegedly communicated with an undercover investigator who was posing as the mother of a child. He allegedly told them he was willing to pay them for being his sex slaves, according to court documents. I will take care of you, but it won't be easy on either of you. (laughs) It's going to get rough. (laughs) He allegedly said, I'm a sadist and I enjoy inflicting pain. Neither of you will ever be allowed to say no to me. Oh, my. He was arrested in a Kansas motel where he had made arrangements to meet them. Another controversial Stan Brennan. (laughs) I think this guy sounds like a real jerk. (laughs) Same, Same as Hitler, I guess. Yeah. This last story, Colin, I think it really ties into the media days we have down here in Hoover where all the talk is about football. Mm -hmm. It's about the Kansas football team. Oh, boy. Uh, The story is called Worst College Football Team for the Money. It comes to us from Forbes magazine. The nation's top college football programs annually require millions of dollars to pay for recruiting efforts, top-of-the-line equipment, and state-of-the-art facilities, and the salaries of the best coaching minds available. Sometimes those investments pay off, resulting in sold-out home games, new sponsorships, and much-coveted invites to bowl games. And other times, it's just a waste. That's been the case lately for the Kansas Jayhawks, who are far and away college football's worst team for the money spending more per victory over the last three seasons than any other team from a Power 5 or mid-major conference. In fact, Jayhawks have spent more than $8 million per victory in the last three seasons, $2 million more than any other team. Well, it makes it sound like they don't win very many games. <laughs> yeah, it makes it spend a lot of game, mm-hmm. spend a lot of money to not win. Mm-hmm. Uh, to find the worst college football teams for the money, we looked at each of the team's three-year average spending per win using the most recent financial data made available by the Department of Education and the three most recent seasons played, not including the bowl games. Our methodology. Well, there's no bowl games to go. <laughs> That's true. Uh, methodology operates under the rationale that much of the year's spending contributes to the following year's on-field performance. It adjusted each of the team's win totals to reflect a 12-game schedule to account for conference championships and bowls. Athletic departments have little patience for poor cost efficiency, which helps explain why nine of the ten teams on our list have brought in a new head coach in the last three years. Five of the teams have fired their coach just this season, illustrating the importance of cost efficiency to college football's major programs. Yeah, I don't think cost efficiency is what they're actually would call it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they just want to win football games. Yeah, it's a byproduct of winning or losing. Yeah, 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 but calling Kansas a major program—that's a real. It's just from the last three years. It uh, yeah, but that's just I guess. God, if they would have went back to the the uh, Charlie Weiss days, Mm -hmm. because they paid that fat fuck a ton of money. (laughs) Yes, they did, and they they were terrible. Yeah, they really got their money's worth there. Yeah. So that's sad to see. I mean, I guess Kansas is the top of the list in college football and something. Mm-hmm. So you got to look at the positive. Glass half full. full of Kansas shit. Prairie dog blood. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, well, that's one thing nice about being down here in Hoover, even though it is a shithole in its own right. Uh, we're really far from Kansas, a lot mm-hmm. further than usual, and that's yeah. nice. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It, almost, it almost smells better. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you still smell like a Huddle House, by yeah. the way. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> it's actually not the Huddle House. They sell Huddle House cologne here, mm-hmm. so you can smell like Huddle House anytime you want. <laughs> it's not a cologne, Colin. It's just syrup. <laughs> so we're going to be down here for the next two days as through media days and because we want to see all the lunatic coaches and all their lunatic players and uh, i think uh, barry odom and company they're leading in the morning obviously that's what drew was saying mm-hmm. but uh, i don't know how he's going to get Corey back i just can't believe he came in his luggage yeah uh, Corey's a odd fellow i think we've learned that <laughs> yeah it'll be good to have him on this season i'm eager to hear what he thinks about oh, the upcoming tiger oh boy yeah. So I uh, hope you like the uh, the show down here in Hoover. We like bringing it to you. Uh, please do us a favor and leave us an iTunes review. We are trying to catch Paul Feinbaum quite literally right now. Do we? Are we really staying the next two days? Yeah, I'm planning on it. That's when our flight leaves. Oh gosh. Well, my bad. I I'm supposed to meet a Russian lawyer. He supposedly got dirt on the Paul Feinbaum show. Yeah. And I was gonna go. I needed to do that. Uh huh. So I've been exchanging emails with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be down here. Uh, I'm going to get all the Hoover we can. I want to. I want to talk to uh, Gus Malzahn. They're going to be coming up. Auburn's going to be coming up and playing. Yeah, they never. I mean, we have. Oh, let's be honest. We haven't even tried to ask, ask questions, but I maybe. Yeah. I'll raise my hand with Gus Malzahn and just ask him why the ridiculous sweaters. Yeah. Like, are you trying to look like a complete homo? <laughs> That's probably not the most PC question to ask. No, it's probably the least. <laughs> well, yeah, the great thing about podcasts is you can just edit that out, yeah. which you won't. No, uh, won't <laughs> but I don't know. I'll maybe figure out a way to to ask that question in a better way. Yeah, yeah, uh, but uh, you know, work on that. No, I'm putting pen to pen to paper right now. Yep, it's getting late here in Hoover, and most things close at 8 p.m., so there's not going to be a lot to do but go to bed, much like Drew Locke did an hour ago. So, uh, Colin, any closing thoughts before we uh, leave folks for uh, God knows when we'll be back? I'd just like to say that I guess is like, there's no reason to ever do this in Hoover. Nashville is a wonderful town that everyone should want to go to, mm-hmm. and um, I'm just going to make it be known right now that I'm never coming back to this fucking hellscape. You're coming back next year. It's already in the books. Uh, I mean, they might as well have this fucking thing in Lawrence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're close to Birmingham. I mean, well, that's look, kind of a town. Well, I, I hate to make the show drag on, but I, why Hoover? Is it? I should be asking that question. Does anybody have any idea why they picked Hoover? I mean, it's not no team plays here. Yeah. Why Hoover? I mean, it's like fucking Al. Just doing it out. Like just threw a dart. My, my suggestion is Nick Saban said, "Let's do it." Somewhere close to me. We can't do it in Tuscaloosa because that would be too obvious, but I don't want to drive that far. I guess. I don't know. Well, how long have they been doing it in Hoover? Does it... Look, I don't know as long as we've been, you know, paying any attention to it. Well, but we... That's only been you know, three or four years. Mm-hmm. I just... My thought is, is like, did it happen after Nick Saban or before? I mean, they just been coming to this fucking douchebag town because it's one of those SEC proud traditions like fucking childhood obesity or... I don't know. I don't... I just... I, I'm going to start asking that question. Okay. Why are we here? Do Why it. in God's name are we here? Let's break with tradition from the last three years and do a little research. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we start now. All right, let's wrap this motherfucker up, Colin. I am ready for uh, a wild night on the town in Hoover, Alabama. So, M-I-Z. Watch out, Bowling Alley. Z-O-U. I don't mind saying it, Brennan. Hitler was a real jerk. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery.